after the mammoth security and intelligence blunder that led to this Easter Sunday massacre, both President Sirisena and Prime Minister Vikramasinghe have been backed into a corner. They were forced to say they failed, but that too with reluctance. Sri Lankan politicians are almost all liars, corrupt, thieves and rogues. Some are even accused of murder and assault. These politicians are reluctant to admit their mistakes, faults and wrongdoings. You'd be hard-pressed to find them saying sorry or thank you to their voters. Even after hundreds were killed in their houses of worship, the country's two most powerful men could only admit the obvious failure and blamed even that on the security agencies. They managed to find scapegoats in two officials, Defence Secretary Hemasiri Fernando and Inspector General of Police Pujit Jayasundara. Outspoken and brash Fernando did not resign immediately. There was information that Sirisena had to persuade him to resign just to save face since he'd just been appointed five months before that. Jayasundara point-blank refused Sirisena's orders. He wasn't Sirisena's first choice as Inspector General and the President had had a running battle with him. Ultimately, he was sent on compulsory leave. No politician has yet accepted responsibility and the Sri Lankan people are deeply unsatisfied. Sports Minister Harin Fernando who told reporters on camera that he didn't go to church on Easter Sunday because his father warned him of impending attacks after the Ministerial Security Division informed him, is yet to apologise to Catholics for failing to in turn inform the church. For this unforgivable lapse, he has earned the wrath of Cardinal Malcolm Ranjit and the Sri Lankan people. Sri Lankans abroad are posting on social media the same things that people in both the villages and cities are saying. The call of the masses is for President Sirisena and Premier Vikramasinghe to take responsibility and resign. President Sirisena is the Commander-in-Chief of the Sri Lankan Armed Forces and the Minister for Law and Order. He cannot run away and pass the buck to his officials. The buck stops with him. The world has seen in presidential campaigns in the US that it's the Commander-in-Chief who answers the phone even at 2 in the morning because the security of ordinary Americans is paramount. The President of the US makes those decisions and takes on that responsibility. Sirisena cannot escape telling the public that he saw news of the bombings on Facebook while holidaying in Singapore. He had admitted this to newspaper editors. When he was finally back in his own country, he temporarily banned social media. I wouldn't know where he got the news thereafter. A former top security advisor to President Sirisena told this writer, that man doesn't listen to advice. As for Prime Minister Vikramasinghe, he has never cared for Sri Lanka's national security or even its sovereignty. Many Sri Lankans, even in his own party, confidentially describe him as a politician who does not feel for the country. He is hell-bent on selling Sri Lanka's assets to the world. People even call him Don Juan. Don Juan Dharmapala is a Sri Lankan king who betrayed the country to the Portuguese. Prime Minister Vikramasinghe cried that he wasn't invited to attend the National Security Council meetings in another attempt to deflect blame. A Prime Minister does not need any invitation to attend Security Council meetings, a fact that was confirmed even by his own party member and Member of Parliament, Sarath Fonseca, a former army commander. He told the PM not to trot out any excuses for his failures. In Parliament, Fonseca also blamed Vikramasinghe for appointing young and inexperienced politicians close to him as ministers in charge of national security. Respected defence columnist of Sri Lanka, Iqbal Athas, wrote in the Sunday Times that national security meetings were not taken seriously and on several occasions, politicians had actually left early, saying they had other important business. What could be more important than the security of one's country? Sri Lanka's Minister of State in charge of Defence, Ruan Vijavardhana, 
is yet to apologize to the Sri Lankan public, to New Zealand and to the world at large for his false claim in parliament that the ISIS attack was carried out in retaliation for the New Zealand mosque attack. Recently, New Zealand Foreign Minister Winston Peters hit back, calling it a cheap shot. In an interview to Sky News, he said, It's a slightly cheap shot, I suppose, to try and explain it away. Let's see the evidence. Sometimes it pays to get the facts first before you beat your lips with an opinion. He added there was a fair chance that the link had been made just to distract from the Sri Lankan government and intelligence services' own failure to stop the plot before it had been carried out. I'm not sure if Sri Lanka's Minister of Defence and Law and Order is feeling ashamed or if he is blissfully unaware of the comment by the New Zealand Foreign Minister, like he was of the Easter attack. Uncouth Sri Lankan politicians have a history of interfering dangerously in Sri Lanka's security matters. They've harboured terrorists, thugs, goons and drug dealers. Many of these have even been released over the years due to this political interference. Several senior police officers have told this writer over the years that those who resist are either transferred or their promotions are delayed. In the case of Muslim extremists, two things have contributed to the Easter bombings. One, the interference of Muslim politicians to protect their people, knowingly or unknowingly, from investigation. And two, Sri Lankan leaders who give in to this for the sake of votes. There is no doubt in Sri Lankans' minds that it's politicians who have protected these extremists. Take the case of the governor of the eastern province, MLAM Hezbollah. Even after authorities established that extremists had blasted a scooty on vacant land belonging to the governor at Katankudi just a week before the Easter Sunday massacre, Hezbollah continues to move freely. He is Sirisena's man. Hezbollah represents the east, where Katankudi, a Muslim village, has become a hotbed of terrorists. Over the years, Katankuri has developed its own rules and ways. Tamils and Sinhalese have complained that they are not allowed to even do business in Katankuri. But Sri Lankan authorities have turned a blind eye to all this in order to please certain Muslim politicians. After the blast, Perumal, a Sri Lankan Tamil labourer from Batikalo who I have known for many years, told me, Remember I told you in Katankuri, it was only their rule. They were law unto themselves. No one listened to us. In Batikalo, the Zion church was targeted by the suicide bombers. Perumal and his family were away in the hills and attended Easter Sunday prayers there. The other minister who is accused by the public of being a sympathizer to extremist elements, although he keeps on denying it, is Richard Badurdin. He is close to Prime Minister Vikramasinghe. Earlier, he was close to former President Mahinda Rajapaksa's brother Basil. Apart from Sirisena and Vikramasinghe, Badurdin is the most unpopular politician in Sri Lanka today. As I write this, he has left for Oman and social media is ablaze, saying he has escaped the country. I tried to reach former Inspector General of Police, Pujith Jayasundara. One of his mobile phones was disconnected and the other was constantly engaged. I don't think he or former Defence Secretary Fernando would speak to the press now anyway. But for now, the Sri Lankan people have no faith in either Sirisena or Vikramasinghe. They must both resign. But we know they will hold on to their positions until kingdom come.